So you, let's introduce, amen. Let's welcome Pastor Doug Dossie, amen, as he comes to bring the word of God tonight. Hallelujah. Perfect. My sermon is only going to be an hour and a half anyway. Y'all ready? So uh, let me ask who's here. I know we've had a long day. How many people went to church this morning? Most of us. Stand up if you didn't go to church. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> who, who do we have here? Are we, uh, I know we got Grace Chapel, right? I'm kind of new. My name's Doug Dossie. I, I pastor the Rivers Church. We've been here about a year, October. So the, the last time revival was yep. the beginning. And I, you guys prayed for me. That was awesome. Um, but who's here? What other churches are here? I just kind of know who I'm talking to. Glad tidings, yeah. Good. Jesus has Awesome. <laughs> they were ready. They said it together. I like that. Who else? Praise Chapel, Arizona. Oh, yeah. Nice. Who else? Fusion. Huh? Fusion. Fusion. Word of Life Assembly. Word of Life Assembly. Awesome. I was in Assemblies of God Youth Pastor once. They kicked me out. That's a different story, though. Well, I'm glad you're here, guys, tonight, and, and I don't want to. I don't want to keep you long. Emmanuel, it's really good to see you, man. We used to. We did. We did church together for a little bit. That's an awesome couple right there, man. And I, does anyone know? Do you guys know them? Yeah. Have they not aged at all? Like they looked the same 15 years ago. I was like, God, oh, you guys are. Man, what are you eating? Give me some of that stuff. <laughs> Well, you know, as I was thinking about, you know, God, what do you want to share tonight? Uh, he, it was interesting because, you know, as pastors, you try and, you know, hey, let me, I'm going to get my good sermon out. Yeah. The one that's really good, right? I mean, I'm sure all yours are good, but, you know, you, you want to do something good. Like, oh, God, should I do that? Should I preach on faith? Should I preach on Job? How about warfare? How about spiritual, you know, all that good stuff. And, and the Lord said, no, I, I got something I want to, I want to tell the people. Yeah. Like, I got something I want to say. That's what we want, right? Okay, y'all go with that for sure. Because yeah. my stuff, you know, you never know, you know, what's going to happen there. But God's stuff always comes through. His word never returns void. It always accomplishes what it's sent for it to do. His word is power. And so as he spoke to me, it was interesting because uh, the, uh, when did it start, Pastor? The ninth. So the, the ninth, right. And then Pastor Dave preached that night, right? Opened it up. And uh, I wasn't able to be here, but the next morning I was in my devotion time and I was just sitting before the Lord and listening. We're going to talk about that because some of you need to shut your mouth and listen to the Lord in the mornings. Quiet your mind. Turn off the left brain. And let the right brain do its thing. So I'm listening to the Lord and he starts talking to me and I, I'm, I'm not really going to preach. I'm going to. I wrote out my journal notes and we're going to, I'm just going to share with you what the Lord told me to share with you guys. And then you guys can just judge for yourself if you want it or not. If you think it's a bunch of crap, that's fine. You can just go home tonight, have a day, right? But I'm going to share with you what he told me because I'm, ex when I, when he was telling me, I was like, wow, this is exciting because I'm new here and there are people here in this room that have been here years and have been praying for revival to come to this region, right? Is that correct? Right. It, it, raise your hand if you've been here more than, I don't know, 10 years praying. Okay, see, there's a lot. 
So I'm excited and, and hopefully this will encourage you and then we'll talk really quickly uh, about God's, uh, I think his main point tonight from this. So I'm just going to, I'm, I'm kind of, this is uh, new for me. I don't really read my personal journaling with the Lord all the time. Uh, so this is kind of, I'm going to be vulnerable with you and allow you to look into my heart with Jesus and uh, I hope you'll enjoy it. All right. So let's go. All right. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, uh, have your way. Uh, I'm speaking your words, and that always makes me a little nervous, because you're God and I love you, but I know what you said, and I'm going to say it because you told me to, and give me the power in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so this is what the Lord said to me, and just listen, and uh, we're going to do some of it, because some of it's in picture form, so he said this, he said, a work of my spirit is brewing in Yuba City, meaning the area, not just Yuba City only, but Marysville. And you are part of this. Don't count yourself out because of the size of your church. Amen. And I want to say something right there that no matter what your church size is or if you're whatever you're doing, doesn't matter. God, God cares less about that, more about your heart. So it's not about the size of your church. It's not about uh, uh, that. So he says, lots of prayer has been lifted up for my presence in this area. It will be me who moves. Nothing you do, nothing you need to do except to be open and ready. Sometimes we try and make revival happen. We try and make stuff go, but God says, no, be open and ready. That's your duty. He says, I'm going to do the moving. You guys be open to my spirit and ready. He says, remember, my son, how you felt last week as I corrected you. This is where it kind of gets personal. The Friday before, God just rocked me. And I was just weeping before the Lord. And he was doing some great work in me. And it, it hadn't been that deep. Where you ever been, you ever been uh, corrected by the Lord so deep that your weeping is so deep. But at the same time, you feel so very loved. That he's just working something deep in you and loving on you. But at the same time, you feel this incredible love. But yet it's an intense word. So he said, remember, my son, how you felt last week as I corrected you. It was not um, as you expected, but totally wonderful. This will be the way it is in Yuba City. Many of my people are expecting me in a certain way. Preconceived ideas from the past. Not all bad, actually some really good. My people of the area need to know that as good as their ex expectations are, I will do a new thing in their midst. I will do a new thing in their midst. Oh yes, there will be similar things happen from the past. Those things my word demand. Weeping and repenting of sin. Healing, baptisms, deliverance. Even though they think they know how I will move, they will be surprised. I like that. He said, Doug, I am, capital letters, I am the most creative being in the universe. Think of my nickname, right? Creator. It's a good one. God cracks jokes with you too, right? Yeah, okay, good, good. He's pretty funny. Um, the best way to ready yourself for revival is to be ready to serve and be open 
to my leading. Listen, church, set your heart on me, he says. Not on what I can do and will do. If you're waiting and looking for that sign or some manifestation, listen, you will miss me. He said, you will miss me if you're looking for a specific thing in this revival. If you're looking for God to do some great thing, which he'll, he's going to do anyway. But if your eyes are on that, you're going to miss the purpose of revival. And that's you and him loving on each other. Yeah. That is revival. <laughs> Not on what I can do. Not about what I can do and will do. If, you, if you're waiting and looking for that sign or manifestation, you'll miss me. Believe me, I will still bring revival because, and this was interesting, he said, because the bowl is near full. And I was like, and I, you know, you know, when you're listening to the Lord and you're, you're praying and he's talking, you're just, I'm just writing and listening. And I don't even, I don't even comprehend what I just wrote until like after and I look back and I'm like, what, what? What? Did you say the bowl is almost full? And so I immediately went to Revelations where the prayer of the saints came up and filled the bowl, right? right? You know, it's getting full. And, and there's a measure with God where that, those bowls, and I think there's quite a few of them for different things. There's stuff that you've been praying for, believing for. Who's believing for something right now, right? You're praying and believing for something, and that bowl's getting full. Me and my wife, my beautiful wife, Jen, stand up, Jen, on the chair. She's short. She's short. Yeah, there's Jen, my wife. Um, we are believing for a baby. Uh, we've been trying for five years, but we know God's word declares that children are a blessing from the Lord. And there's no question what we know he wants that. So we are believing in faith for a baby, right? And so, amen. And so we had to take a step of faith that we didn't take. And we went and we had bought a, um, a crib in faith, but what I didn't know is we got it and bought it. Yeah, I'm going to set it up. I set it in the hallway there. How long did it stay there? <laughs> a long time, right? So it's been there for a long time. And God just one morning prayed. He said, he rebuked me for not walking in faith on that. I said, God, well, I bought the thing. He said, but you haven't set it up. He said, I want you to build. I want you to build it in faith. And so that day I... Almost finished my journaling quicker. God, can I go build it right now? So I went and built the whole thing and I put, you know, build, believe, become. God said, you build that crib, you trust me in faith, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you that kid. He says, I already got him. He's in, he's here right now with him, and I'm I've got him. So we're excited for that. So God, so you gotta step out in faith and believe. Come on, that's good He's still going to bring revival because the bowl is full. Church, I want to tell you, the church in Marysville, New City, all of us right now, that God said the bowl is full. And so as we were praying, we, we were driving up and we were like, I wonder how close it is. Like, because once that bowl is full, God's going to do stuff that he said right here. You won't believe. I said, come on, Lord. So we're praying. God, uh, prayer one, prayer two, fill that bowl. Let's go. Let's do this. So, you know, can we just stop right now? Would you close your eyes and just pray and ask God, fill that bowl over, ready for revival. Come on, tell them right now. Just close your eyes, ask God. Father, we are ready for what you've got. We want it. We're coming together. We're unified. Oh, Father, fill the bowl. Come and do your work in us. Do a mighty thing. Do a new thing, God. In Jesus' mighty name, the bowl's full. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to take this because... 
I want us to, uh, to view this the way God's seeing it. So he says, but it may be a short one and not a long lasting one that my people really want. He says, we really do want a long lasting revival, but he says it might be short, but they've asked for a long revival. Is that true? Has anyone, has anyone prayed in their prayer times over the last 10 years saying, God, I, I want revival and I don't want it just to last a season or a couple months. Never I want stop. to go on and on. on. Has Never people prayed that? Never okay, agree. good. God was, start, God, God was telling the truth here. I'm, I'm glad for that. So he said, um, sorry, this print is too small. You know, I, I got to get up in fonts every year. I get older. It's like I started in font 12 and now I'm 16. I got to go to 20. Oh boy. All right. Amen. Let's find my spot. Sorry, guys. So he said, it can be a short or a long-lasting one. He said, my people have asked for a long one. He said, so son, the point is, I want you. Your heart affection for me give me great pleasure. Your heart longing after me gives me great pleasure. It is so easy for people to have greatest intentions, but when my power starts flowing... Um, like what you had last Friday that I just told you about my prayer time where he rocked me. He said, it's, but when this revival hits here, it's going to be that times a hundred. And he says, when my, when my power flows, people want to immediately attach it to someone or they want to label it and they want to market it. So that's our warning that we don't want to do that. We want to make sure that this is about him and not us or a person, right? Some, even though with good hearts, they simply want the world to know uh, about this revival. Revival is always strongest to those who have labored for it. They know the price, the process, and the key ingredients, which is, by the way, he said the key ingredients to revival, God said, is me. It's him. He is revival. It's not about powerful miracles. Although those will take place. This is him tell, telling me, right? It's not about explosive growth in the church. Though growth, he said, will come. It's not about defeating the kingdom of hell. Though the king, that kingdom is already doomed. He said it's all about people. One by one, knowing, knowing, not a head knowledge, but an intimate, personal knowing. John 17, 3, this is eternal life, that they, you and me, might know, ganasco, Greek word, intimacy, know him. Same word used in the Septuagint in Genesis where Adam knew his wife. That pretty close. God wants to know you. And becoming one with him. Revival is about bringing life to those who are lifeless. But more so, it's about the life giver. It's not as much about the power that awakens the dead as it is about the one who awakens them. Revival, he said, is about me. And church, I, I want you to understand as we head into a season of, of awesome things, I know we've heard some great prophetic words over this uh, tent revival, but we have got to ensure that this revival is about you personally connecting 
intimately with the Father. If Look, if that doesn't happen, you're missing the point. You can have the greatest bands in the world, the greatest speakers. You can have people falling over, getting healed. You can have demons being cast out. You can be, have people set free, and that's all good, and God does that anyway because he's just good. But you can have all that stuff happening and still miss the point. And the point is you and him alone, together, in your closet, hearing him, you talking to him, him talking to you, and you loving each other. That's revival, church. And I want to just, I want to do one scripture with you, and uh, I think it's Luke 10, 38. I think we got it up there. Oh, sorry. Uh, Luke 10, 38. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, it's a, it's a familiar story, but I want you to grasp some of the concept here of what, we're, what God shared with me to encourage you in this revival to make this about him. He says in, in verse 38, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, there came a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, underline that in your word, sat at his feet, listening to what he taught. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted. She was distracted with things that were good. But she was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I'll do all the work? Tell her to come help me. Verse 41, the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset. You're stressed out over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. One thing. There's only one thing revival is about. There's only one thing to be concerned about, and Mary has discovered it. Martha, you have it. You need to discover. Mary's discovered it, and listen to what Jesus said to end that sentence. And it will not be taken from her. Wow. Church, I'm telling you right now that God is calling us to have revival with me personally and him and you with him. One-on-ones. And if you do that, if you commit to spending time with Jesus every morning, if you commit to being still and quiet before him every morning and journaling and hearing his voice and allowing him to talk to you and transform you and shape you into the man and woman he wants you to be, you will have revival. It will start almost the first day you start doing that. When you give him your heart, you submit it, you make the sacrifice to get up early if you need to or whatever, whatever the best part of your day is, you give that to God and you start listening to him. He wants to coach you. We have the awesome ability to have the mentor of the universe mentor us every morning as we sit before him. Can you imagine your hero in the world wanting to spend time with you? If you knew a sports hero or a music, a music hero, someone that you admire in this life, and they say, hey, look, I'll meet with you every morning at 5 a.m. Would you go then? I bet you would. Some of you are thinking of someone right now, maybe a great guitar player, uh, maybe a great speaker or someone, and they said, look, I want to meet you every morning. You have someone greater than that. The great Holy Spirit wants to meet with you every morning and start talking to you and shaping you and transforming you and making you into the person God has designed you and destined you to be from the foundations of the world. God wants to transform you and make you into a child of God that's going to set this world on fire. 
and you can have the greatest revival of all, but it won't, will not continue unless you continue to abide in Him, with Him every day. Are you with me? And I'm challenging someone in this room today, you're not spending the time with God. If you don't have 30 minutes a day to spend time listening to the Lord, undistracted, not doing anything, not driving, not listening to music in your head, not doing, if you don't have 30 minutes a day to listen to God, you're too busy. You're too busy. You need to reevaluate your priorities in your life and ask God, say, look, God, I need, can you give him a half hour? I mean, Jesus has something. Can't you give me an hour? You can't even give me an hour, guys? Church, we need to prioritize what we're doing and spend more time at his feet. We need to spend on his feet. He says, that's the one thing. She gets it. Jesus said, I've come into the world to save you, but saving him was to get us back to the Father's heart, guys, from the, the beginning of Genesis when he walked with Adam in the cool of the garden. And all the way through the, uh, the Old Testament, all the way through, all the way through the New Testament, God is drawing us back to that intimacy with him, that closeness with God, and he wants you there. And this revival is going to happen. God said, I'm going to do these things anyway. But if you want it to last a long time, you've got to get down on your knees and start seeking him. All right. Okay. All right. One more verse. I won't, I, I know it's late. Sorry guys. I won't keep you long, but I want to go one more verse. So Luke six forty six kind of sums this up for us. And this, I hope this puts a bump in your step. Luke six forty six. Jesus speaking. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? And done many wonders, miraculous signs, powerful signs in your name? And then I will declare to them, Jesus says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now check this out, guys. Jesus is talking about people that have been moving in the power of the Spirit. He's talking to people that have moved in powerful miracles. I mean, you would think that if someone was able to pray for someone and God did a miracle, that that person would know him. You know what's interesting? That that same Greek word, ganasco, in Luke 6, 46, is the same word used in John 17, 3 about knowing him intimately. This is not just a head knowledge, but an intimate knowing. It's the same thing. And Jesus declared to them, I never knew you. I knew about you. I maybe knew your name, but I didn't really know you. I have a son. He's 23 years old. His name is Justin. Great kid. And, and uh, I, you know, my, my testimony is too long, but I, I was divorced about six, seven years ago and uh, had, a, had three kids from that marriage. And uh, God did a uh, fabulous work in through all the mess, but um, Justin, my oldest, uh, you know, when kids go through divorce, it's tough, and uh, and they get the raw deal, end of the deal for sure, and so Justin isn't serving the Lord right now. Um, he's been out of the house, he's 23, so he's probably been out five years, you know, he's doing good, you know, working. He actually bought me and my wife, bought us dinner for the first time. Wow. Are you, you know when you got kids and you, they buy you dinner for the first time? You're like, what? Yeah. Like, I've been buying your dinner for 23 years. And now you got dinner bought? Me and Jen were like, yeah, Olive Garden, more breadsticks. breadsticks. <laughs> you know, we were excited. Like, and, he, and, and he grinned and said, man, I really, you know, 
I've always wanted to do this, Dad. I just, and now I can't because he's working a couple jobs and, you know, not living for the Lord, uh, living with his girlfriend, nice girl. You know, it's tough and it's like, I, I, I know Justin. I know him. He's my son, right? right? But the Lord asked me one day, he said, but Doug, do you know him? And I started getting, no, don't ask. Don't go there, God. Don't go there. He says, do you know him? It, it, let's just say, Doug, that you were Father God and, and he had to stand before you on Judgment Day. Could you look at your son, Justin, and honestly say in your heart that you ganasco him? I said, no, I, I couldn't. And besides breaking my heart for where my son's at right now, knowing that God's got him, but at that point, and thinking of being on Judgment Day and standing before the Father and thinking that you know him, but he looks at you and says, I never knew you. How devastating that would be. Justin, my son, may say, oh, I was a PK's kid. I, I was a pastor's kid. You may say, hey, no, I went to church. I read my Bible even. I cast out a deal. I, I, I set someone free. I prayed over them and a spirit of fear left and they had abundant, they had a great life. I preached awesome sermons. I toured around and, and people got healed and set free. That's what Jesus is talking about. There's people that do the work. They get so busy tied up in what they can do for God and they forget to just be with him. And I want to, I want to encourage you and challenge you tonight I want, you to, I want you to question yourself tonight. I want you to leave with a question mark in your mind saying, do I know him? Do I know him? Does my life reflect that? If someone were to look at my life and look at my calendar and my time and look at it and divide it up and say, how, how would you know God? Do you know him? Do you have that fruit in your life? Are you spending time with him? Do you hear the voice of God? Does he talk to you? Do you talk to him? Do you have conversations? If you are not having conversations with God, I want to challenge you. Get to know him better because he wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you every day. Trust me, God is not short on words. He's got plenty for you. And he's got a whole list how he wants to transform you and make you into the person he designed before the foundations of the world. In Matthew 6, Jesus talks about, and you guys all heard this a bunch, but Jesus said, go into your inner room and shut the door and pray. Jesus was talking about learning how to, uh, teaching us how to pray, and then he got into the Lord's Prayer and was showing us things, but he talked about this concept of locking yourself into the inner room, and back in that time, that would have been like the, the room no one goes in. It's the room no one traverses by. It's private. It's when you want to get lost, you go to that room. If you want to be, you don't want anyone to find you, you go to that room. I want you to have that room. And tonight I want you to pick a room. If you don't have that time with God, tonight I challenge you to pick a room, pick a place where you're going to get alone with God, away from your cell phone, away from your spouse, away from your kids, away from the TV, away from all that junk. And I want you to clear your minds and I want you to begin to seek God with all your hearts and begin to hear him. Because when you do that, until you get to know God, how are you going to make him known? How are you going to share the love of God if you don't live in the love of God? Wow. 
how are you going to do that? You can't. You can only sustain it for a little bit. It's not sustainable over time. You'll go up and down. Your spiritual life will look like this over your years. You're going up and down because you're not consistently with the Lord. And when you are consistent with the Lord, you will see a steady climb of more of his glory shining through your life. You becoming more like him. And you'll see the people around you change. Church, because when you're with the Creator, I'm telling you, when you're around other people, they notice right away. It doesn't take long. Are you with me? Yeah. I'm telling you, church, this is how you want to keep revival going. Yeah. And God has some great promises. The bowl's almost full. He's going to do great and mighty things. He's about to pour out of this community like never before. But I'm telling you, I want this to last long, and I want to challenge every Christian in this room to get on their knees in the morning and make it a priority, church. Make it something in your life that you're going to do because you can do all those other things in life. But miss it at the end. You don't want to miss it. You want to know God. You want to know Him personally and intimately so He can change you and change the world around you. Amen? Amen. So I, I want to I get into a time of prayer with, with y'all. And uh, God was very specific driving up. Um, that it was not going, it was going to be us. So I, you know, you know who you are, pastors, leaders, if you're in your church, you're on the prayer team, whatever, you're invited to come up. But um, God wants to begin this intimacy by the body working together. And I want to, I want to share a picture I shared with my church this morning. I got a vision and I want to share this vision with you and we'll close that. Is that fair? Is that good? Yeah. Okay. So I, I got, a, I was praying and I got this picture of, of the earth, like a big circle. And uh, have you ever seen those, um, have you ever seen a movie where they go to an elevator and it's like super deep? Like they get an elevator and they're going down to the secret room and it's like, it's like floor after floor and they're like, man, how deep is this place? Are you with me? Okay, so that's the picture I had of this elevator. And so we're walking down this hall, kind of a freaky hall, kind of scary looking hall. You know, the lights flickering a little bit. You know, like kind of those horror movies, like a monster's going to run down the hallway at you and you're going to run for your life and get in the elevator, close the elevator door before it gets you. Are you with me? Okay. No one's ever seen that? Come on. <laughs> so I'm there and I'm thinking, I'm a little scared and I'm thinking, God, why am I kind of, I'm kind of afraid a little bit in this, in this vision. And, and so I'm walking towards the door and he's like, I want you to get in and you're going to go deep. Okay. So I get down and he says, get in. And so I'm in the elevator and so the elevator's going down. So then I, I zoom out. And then I see that the whole, the, like the earth, like a, a cut off of the earth, and I see all these deep shafts in the earth, okay? All these deep elevator shafts, and they're all going straight down to the core. And I'm like, wow, you know, I looked at, I told my wife that she's like, man, shouldn't you be going up like to heaven in the clouds and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, it was kind of weird. I was like, what's happening? And so we're, all these shafts, and so I see it, a big picture, and I'm seeing all these shafts going straight down. And then all of a sudden, the elevators, as they're going down, cross tunnels start connecting each elevator shaft. All of them, I mean, just hundreds, shafts going down, excuse me, shafts going straight down, and then these side tunnels connecting the elevators so that those people can now connect. And I'm like, Lord, what is this? Is, this is crazy. And, and, and then I, I, I step back, and I'm seeing all these elevators down, all these side angles going. And then um, the whole, the planet, the circle, now turns into a heart. And God said, this is my heart. And I said, whoa. He says, as, as, you go, as you go deep into me, go down and you go to the core of my heart, you will have, you will experience true unity with your brother and sister. And until you go deep 
until you, until you make the choice, the step of faith to get in that elevator, which I said it was scary, because I didn't know, this is, a, this is a territory I've never been before. I don't know what's down there. And some of you in your hearts, you don't know what's in your heart. And God wants to go down and clean out attics and rooms that you've never been in before. And some of you, that's really scary. Because he's going to have you deal with stuff from your past. People that have hurt you and sinned against you. And that you have not released offenses towards. And it might be scary in a lot of other ways. He may have you go down deep to get full healing. Because you swept it under the carpet for so many years. You've never dealt with it and you won't let God touch it. God wants it all, church. He's either first or he's not. He doesn't do second. He doesn't do third, fourth, none of that. He's first or he's not. He's Lord or he's not Lord. And so you've got to take that step of faith to get in the elevator and be willing to dig down deep in the heart of God. That means making a sacrifice. That means getting up early. It means doing stuff your body doesn't want to do. You might be uncomfortable. It may be hard. You may lose a little sleep. But God wants you to get up and make a sacrifice to be with him because he's worth it. And so when you dig down deep into the heart of God and you start hearing his voice, he starts talking to you, you start talking with him, you start conversating, then you begin to become in love with each other, then he becomes your lover, and then you realize revival is about God being your reward and God being your portion. He is your inheritance. He's the purpose, the plan, everything about it revolves around him. And revival is about you knowing him. And so you go down deep in that elevator. And then all of a sudden, you realize how strong your relationships are getting around you. Because as you're transformed into the likeness of Christ, people are more likely to be around you. Because right now, some of you aren't very likable. Some of you got so many problems that you don't want to deal with, attitudes and all that, that you're on the surface. You're afraid to go down deep with God. But you're on the surface playing church. You're playing church and you won't go down deep. And that's why, and you feel unconnected and the church isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing for you. And you don't have Christian friends or mentors in your life. And you're wondering why it's happening. But the reason is because you won't go down deep. You won't submit yourself to God. You won't make the sacrifice. But when you choose to, and everyone in this room is free to make that choice tonight. When you choose to go down deep and dig down deep, you'll start, you'll start getting new relationships. In fact... Someone was just thinking about relationships and how you, you long for deep, meaningful relationships with people and, and you want more of that. I'm telling you, I'm just answering that question for you because God told me that by his spirit. God's going to bring those when you go deep. He's not going to give you what you want in here on the surface. Why? Because he's not an enabler. He's a transformer. And so he's not going to enable you. You're going to have to dig down deep. And when you do that, you're going to get a rich, beautiful relationships that will keep you accountable. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's do that. Let's get into ministry. Um, Chris, if you would come back up and maybe you guys can just play on the worship team. Is this all right, Pastor? Okay. So what I want to do is I want to um, have some of the leaders come up, speakers, whoever's here that's leader, if, you're, if you just want to pray for people, um, can we just, you know, find some place up here in the aisles and right now, and I just want to get a time of body ministry, can we do that, can we get in a time church where uh, I want to first call out um, those of you that know your, your personal walk with the Lord is very shallow, you're not deep, you want to go deep, you don't know how, you're stuck, 
and you want to get there, but you're not sure how to do that. And I want us to, uh, we're going to pray for you. And so um, as we as we go into prayer, we'll start calling out things. I believe there's some people here that need to get some freedom tonight. Um, hey, Darlene, would you come up here? She's like, oh, man, why are you doing this? Can we talk about prayer this morning? You sure? Okay. Um, this is Darlene. She goes to the rivers. And... Uh, the Holy Spirit right now is just saying, if you have pain in your shoulders and you're, if you're suffering from fibromyalgia, um, I want to pray for you. God wants to touch your life and heal you. Um, Darlene was in severe pain this morning, um, right? Suffering, almost couldn't make it to church, right? She toughed it out. She came to church. Me and Jen prayed over her and the pain's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. So we, we prayed for her. And I'm telling you, uh, you're going to pray with me for people um, for that. So God's going to God's going to use you because you're. A, yeah, <laughs> she worked out before she came here tonight. That's how much God's that's awesome. So if you're suffering uh, with any pain in the shoulder and neck area, doesn't have to be fibromyalgia exactly, but if that is something you fight and battle, we want to pray for you. Um, and so let's pray and ask God to have His way in this next few minutes. Heavenly Father, as we bow before you tonight, God, we are so grateful and thankful for your Holy Spirit. We're so thankful, God, that you want, you are calling us deeper, Lord. You are calling us to intimacy with you, God. You're calling us to a richness, a richness and a deepness with you, Lord, that will keep a revival burning until you come back for your church, oh God. And so, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus, as we as a body begin to just praise and worship you, God, that if you're, Lord, that you would minister to those that are hurting, God. You would set captives free tonight. You would mend up broken hearts, God. You would deliver those who are in bondage and oppressed, oh God. Oh, Father, we call in the mighty name of God, the healer, the deliverer, the baptizer, the savior, the soon coming king. We call in your name, oh God, that you would move mightily in this place tonight. And that as a team, as a body, not one individual, but as many working together, that we would pray for one another. And God, that you, by your hand, you would move. Move in power in the name of Jesus.